a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. This is the Tampa Supercross Review. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Lots to talk about when it comes to Tampa. We uh, had another great race in Tampa and uh, first time back there. So there's plenty to talk about and go over here on the show. And, again, we will talk about how Wygant is unbelievable. We'll get to all that and more. First up, though, fly racing, whether it's mountain bike, whether it's snow stuff, whether it's, of course, the moto stuff, whether it's street bike stuff, flyracing.com has got you covered. Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, Seven Deuce Deuce, Benny Bloss, and many, many other guys are running fly racing. The top privateer in the series right now, Ben LeMay. He runs Fly. FlyRacing.com. Please check them out. The F2 Carbon Forge helmet. It's crafted to adhere to strict safety standards utilizing the MIPS while incorporating the Kevlar shell construction. Same helmet that Fly Racing sells is the one that the racers are out there every Saturday night running. So thanks to uh, those guys. Also to Alpine Star Protects. The Tech 10 boots, the A4 chest protector are my favorite. The Tech 7 boots. I, I got a pair of Tech 7s a little while ago and a Absolutely love them. They don't have the booty in them, but um, that's okay. I, I didn't realize how good that those Tech 7s were. So please check out Alpine Star Protects. Uh, their Tech 10 boot is the benchmark boot in motocross. The Tech 10 further advances the innovations that make it the most technical motocross boot ever. And I saw these things being made in Italy, and I'd agree with that. Uh, also to Maxxis Tires, the MXST tire is coming out real soon. Developed and designed by the King Jeremy McGrath. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis, delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, ask, ask McGrath. Go ahead. He'll be on here shortly, replacing JT at some point. Uh, Maxxis.com. Uh, all right, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, speaking of JT, from Fly Racing, Jason Thomas. What's happening? How are you? How do you feel? Happy, happy, you? To, be, happy to be doing this on a Monday morning. Yeah, I bet you are. I bet <laughs> you are. Are you... Uh, are you upset that you lost that poll on who to boot for McGrath? Uh, no, I I uh, told you guys privately. Like, I think they made the right call. We just uh, we just a uh, huge talent, and we're lucky to have him in the sport. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow! Speaking of Weege, my boss at Racer X Online, and the guy that you need to uh, subscribe to the magazine so he can get hotel rooms at night, Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up, Weege? No, you don't need to subscribe to the magazine for that. I mean, I'm not going to get a hotel room no matter what. I'm just saying right now, no matter what revenue RacerX gets, if I don't need a hotel room, I'm not getting it. Subscribe for That's yourself to get exclusive dumb. stories and content. Do it for you, not for me. You don't feel like a little part of you is thinking about trying to save RacerX some money? Well, it is, but I'm going to try to save the money regardless of how much money we're 
pulling in is what I'm saying. I guess, yeah, true. Um, We're not going to reach a certain revenue stream where I say now I can officially start getting hotels. I, I, the reason I said that is because there has to be a logical reason why you continue to not get hotels on Saturday nights when you have early flights out Sunday morning. You just you do not get hotel rooms, and it is mind blowing to me that you do not get hotel rooms. I, I don't. Look, JT, you don't, JT, how what? ridiculous is he? It's it's super dumb, like really really dumb. I, I I can I can somewhat understand it, but not actually not really. I'm going to take that back because I have slept on the floor. Like last year, I was sleeping on the floor with uh, Burner and Forrest in their room, but I was on my own dime too to go to the races. Like I spend my own money just like Mathis does. So yeah, if I can if if I sleep on the floor overnight and it saves me three or four hundred bucks that weekend, I'm in on that. But for Weege, he's working. This is not something that's going to come out of his pocket. This is just this is idiocy, in my opinion. You're you're nuts. You've lost your mind, Weege. I take back everything. Every nice thing I said earlier. You guys are all dumb for picking him yeah. in the McGrath poll. <laughs> right. I'm back. Yeah. Back. And and Moser is upset. Swiss Corps is upset. Everyone's <laughs> upset. Moser's very upset. Everyone's upset with you. I get everyone. Oh, but yeah. Moser was was texting all caps. Very angry Saturday night. This is basic economics. This isn't college-level Ph.D. in macroeconomic science here. I'm trying to maximize the revenue and reduce the expenses. That's what I'm trying to do as a good employee of the company I work for. So that's what it is. You You also have to understand, and this is one of the lessons I learned when I first started working here, is that you sleeping and not having it, it also reflects in your company. Is like, man, is Racer X like on Dire yeah. Straits here? Like, hey, who, who's that guy passed out by the water fountain at yeah, the airport? Yeah, their employees, their most valued employees that are the voice of motocross, they have to sleep at the airport? Yeah. Like, that doesn't, that yeah. doesn't reflect well. Yeah, wow, I really want to work there. Look at that guy. He's passed out under the Cinnabon typing away. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I really want to work there. I've never under, even understood the theory that you would want to, like, have an expensive car or an expensive watch to, like, show off. Like, doesn't that just make people jealous and envious and like, oh, what's he doing to deserve that? Uh, doesn't that... That doesn't work. It just makes people not like you. <laughs> oh, so getting, a, a so getting a hotel room will make people not like you. Yes, I'm just a man of the people. That, dude, this is working out great. My, my new program, I go to, uh, go to an IHOP around midnight, drink a couple cups of coffee, and uh, met a couple. There were quite a few fans in there. They were more than glad to see the Weege working for Racer X. It's almost like a people's tour, people's champions tour. Oh, so, so you're flipping this onto like it's yes, a, it's actually a, right, yes. right, right, now right. that I think about it, right. I probably shook hands with a dozen fans at right. Aha midnight right, right next to the stadium while I was typing, took some selfies. So I'm a man of the people. I don't hide. I right. don't hide in an ivory tower. Right. So I'm the asshole for getting a room yes. now. Right. You and your fancy schmancy Hampton Inns. I go to IHOP and I hang out with the fans. <laughs> I mean, it's just you don't shower. You've been on your feet all day. You got it. Like I just, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I only got. You know, two and a half, three hours sleep by the time I got every, all my stuff done and went to bed. But still, it was somewhat, it's just, it's unbelievable. I worked till I was about 3 or 3.30. I was like, all right, I got stuff done. And 3.30 is about when I need to go to the airport. So what is the point? <laughs> I could sit at a desk in my hotel room or I could sit at a table at IHOP. Oh, boy. IHOP's way cheaper. <laughs> I, there's no, there's no changing his mind, JT. That, that's it. He, that, that's it's, it. it's crazy talk. There's a, a shower. I mean, after I sweat a lot on Saturday because I was outside most of the day. You guys had the nice, cool press box, so maybe it wasn't as bad for you guys. But I know the first thing I could possibly think of when I left the track was I need to take a shower and I need to do it right now. So 
And we, each, we each, you have a, you have children, so you landed at seven or whatever, eight a.m. or whatever time it was, nine. I don't know. And I mean, you just can't shower and go to bed. You have to. You have your family. Oh no, there's no sleeping going on Sunday. No. So you literally do not sleep. You sleep on the plane, which it was awesome when we were coming back from Anaheim because that's four and a half hours. Um, now we're down to two-hour flights. So it's been rough, Dallas and uh, Tampa, but that's, that's not because I don't have a hotel. That's because the work has to get done. That, that, I'm, it's going to take till 3 in the morning to get all the work done anyway. You basically go three hours. You finally get somewhere at midnight after you leave the track and interview everybody. Three hours of work, 3 a.m. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Sundays are a complete disaster. I'm going on two hours of sleep. But there's nothing I can do about that. Well, if you, the hotel does not change that. It, it would it would add to it would at least take some comfort and some you know some uh, stress out of your life um, you know all that it w- really would. And by the way, you're trying to type at an IHOP. Uh, people are yelling and screaming and 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 babies are crying and people are shaking your hand. How how good is that work getting done when you can't focus and concentrate on your story? You Got to be able to work in chaos, man. You can't be. You got to be a junk man. You got to be able to work under all circumstances, all conditions. You can't be a fair weather reporter. Well, if you want Good to, uh, if you want to meet Weege and talk to him about this, uh, subscribe to RacerX Online. We're doing a, uh, we're doing a hangout with myself and Wygan and maybe JT or, or whatever. However, this, the race works. You get to pick your race, and uh, yeah, subscribe to the magazine. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. We just, you know, pounding away on magazine articles. At- or just find an IHOP near the stadium every Saturday night. Yeah, one of the two. All right, let's. I got to bring my family to Atlanta. That requires two nights of hotels. I'm very upset. <laughs> Doubling your stress level. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's get into the race. It's 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 obvious we're not we're not getting anywhere with Wygant. Um, thanks to uh, Fly Racing for making this happen. Thanks to you people for subscribing to Racer X Magazine. Appreciate it. All right, so Tampa Supercross. Tampa made its return. JT, uh, I thought it was successful. It looked like a lot of people. Um, I think the return to Tampa was was a good thing. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I'm interested to see. Did anybody see the total attendance number? Yeah, they said 42,000, I think. 42. Yeah, I guess guess 40. So I I was asked several times by people who are – uh, you know, for selfish reasons, very interested in the race coming back because they want to be able to go to Tampa Supercross again. Uh, but I guessed 40, so I guess I was close. Um, you know, the the most noticeable of those was the complete upper deck above you guys, where you guys were sitting in the press box. That was completely empty, like wow. 100% empty. So yeah. from my vantage point, it looked a bit underwhelming as far as attendance because you had one side of the upper deck that was maybe half on the other side was totally totally empty so um yeah i was hoping for a little better i was hoping we'd get upper 40s but you know 42 is not too terrible i guess i think with felt headquarters being there that uh, that's a that's an acceptable number the lower bowl was pretty much full yeah i just with so much uh advertising they did on radio and you know airport banners and uh, billboards and i mean they really tried hard to get people to come out to this event I was just hoping, you know, not just for Feld's bottom line, but just for everybody, because I really think this is a cool event, and we, we haven't been in Florida for a long time, and every time we've gone, it's struggled. Um, I was just hoping if we could hit that 50 number, I felt like that would be a home run for everyone involved. And, uh, yeah, we didn't get there, but, you know, 42 is respectable. You know, Anaheim's only 45, so it's not, it's not terrible. Back to Toronto. Back to Toronto. Just I'm okay with that, too. I love Toronto. Um, hey, the, the, the track was uh, 
pretty good. Like it, it was pretty basic, yet it, it wasn't basic. There was a, a sand section and a rhythm section that caused a lot of issues all night. Um, it was... I like that sand. Nobody I talked to liked it. Mookie didn't like it. He said because he has to wash his wash his hair really good. Um, but I I thought it was great. Uh, nobody nobody I talked to liked it though, JT, because they, they struggled with it. But what a simple idea to cause some chaos uh, and which helps passes and helps excitement is just dump a bunch of sand in a whole lane, not in the turn. We all see what happens in the turn in the sand turns. Nothing happens. Just one line develops. Yeah. You know? Could you imagine if they actually built the rhythm section that they drew on paper? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it would have been like death cross. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was. It was easily the most interesting yeah. section of the night. It, you know, it created the most storylines. It was, I don't know if a great place for passing, but it certainly created um, the opportunities because there were so many mistakes. And, you know, modern-day Supercross, these guys don't make many mistakes anymore. The, you know, the bikes are so good, and they're – they have so much power to pull them out of uh, a small mistake and where they can keep going that you really saw um, these guys struggle. And, and, you know, the the ability level is so high now. We don't see a lot of guys no. struggling. So to see crashes and all kinds of mistakes and wild stuff going on there, it was, yeah. it was fun. It added a lot of excitement to what was otherwise, I agree with you, a very easy track otherwise. Can you, can you do that every week? Could you do that every week? It would be difficult. Um, I guess you could. I mean, if you just wanted to dump sand on the track every single week, I guess you could. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that if that's what needs to be there every single weekend. But I will say that I like I like changing things like that. You know, it doesn't have to be sand every single time. Uh, and I, I don't know if you've seen the track for Atlanta, but it's the busiest track that I've seen. I I, I couldn't tell you. I, I'm. I'm not going to say it ever because that's going back, you know, 30 mm-hmm. years. But uh, it's the busiest track I've seen in a decade or two. I can tell you that. I mean, there are so many jumps and rhythm sections. So I'll take that. I'll, it doesn't have to be sand every time. But let's yeah. change it up. Let's make different tracks. Let's let's go from one spectrum to the other and really add some variety to the series, which I think they're doing. Um, yeah, it was interesting because it started with a double double and then like uh, some small stuff. It ended up. Uh, just being a, a double triple, then a trip, a double kind of out of the end of it, and then Anderson. They were getting so changing. Anderson found a line in the main where he was wheel tapping and getting staying low. Like it changed throughout the night, which I thought was awesome. That's what that's awesome. Yeah, as the uh, as the line got less and less sand in the middle because everyone was going down the middle, so the sand kept getting dispersed to the sides. Um, it kept it get harder and harder in the middle line. So, you know, by the end of practice, guys were going two, three, basically. And then, you know, by the main event, that line formed again where they could kind of double, then triple yeah. uh, out of there. It was neat. Um, it, was, it was neat. It was neat. It was, it was yeah, cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, you know, the, the crazy stuff was when guys would try to make a move there and they would get just a hair out of that main line. And then just it would be pandemonium. You know, we saw Baggett get all crazy in the main event there and just wild stuff going on anytime you got out of that main line. So I'll take it. Like I said, it doesn't have to be that exact deal every weekend, but yeah. mix it up. Let's, let's, you know, that, that right. made the whole race, that one section. Weege, what do you think of the return to Tampa? Yeah, the Florida races, and JT, you mentioned it briefly. Besides Daytona, which – has actually become pretty successful now with all the changes they made, moving it to Saturday night and letting people stand on the pavement oval and have a good view. That one is 
fixed it. I mean, Daytona never had a gigantic crowd, but it does now. But the Jacksonvilles, the Orlandos, uh, you know, way back they went to Miami a time or two. The crowds were just not good at those at all. And I know they figured Jacksonville, since it was reasonably close to Atlanta, they could not understand why Atlanta was huge and Jacksonville was not. Compared to those, Jacksonville and Orlando, this is a hit. Uh, and I have a certain feeling just by looking in the area and talking to Brad's fans, I think this got a much bigger push, uh, probably because it was the home event for Feld, than yeah. any other Supercross race maybe I mean, ever. There were potted plants. They purchased yeah. potted plants. <laughs> yeah, like, Jesus. Wow. Uh, the airport had billboard like fatheads of riders on every door at the airport. You could not leave the airport without knowing something about Supercross, which I've never seen in a Supercross city ever. And I think us insiders and hardcore fans listening to this show, we think what drives ticket sales is close points or awesome tracks or good racing. But I bet you there's actually a bigger difference made if they spend, let's just make up a number, if they spend $50,000 more on radio ads or local TV commercials, that probably makes as big a difference as anything else. I have a feeling they probably went all out because they want this to succeed. And uh, compared to these other Florida ones, if you fill up two-thirds of a 60,000-seat stadium, I'd say that's a win. And I thought it was fun. Like, the crowd was pumped. Like, maybe it wasn't the biggest crowd ever, but didn't it seem like a good atmosphere? I don't know because it was nice weather and it's outdoors or what, but I think people were into it. I was sort of a good night. I saw Troy Adams and Paul Curry. I hadn't seen them for a long time. <laughs> They're both still alive. Well, I think that is too. part of it. Yeah. There's a lot of people. Everyone in motocross, everybody has done time in Florida at some point, has some connection to Florida. Oh, so yeah. I think that kind of adds to the excitement of the event in general. Maybe. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. Yep. Well, the Nets saved another life. The Nets did it again. My phone blew up so bad when Baggett hit the net. But, um, I mean, it couldn't have worked out any better. He scaled back down like Spider-Man and fell right back on his bike. Like, good God. I, I didn't know who you wanted on that. Oh, yeah, I, I, it, somebody, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and by the way, yeah, the sand was awesome. But also that rhythm lane, get back to the net here in a moment, but that rhythm lane was perfect too. I mean, Going back, watching on TV, there were three different ways that were semi-sort of okay to get through there. And one of them was to try to quad out, yeah. uh, which didn't work for Baggett. How, but, about, how about the quad uh, out that Eli was like, I don't want no part of that. And Hill did it and Baggett did it. Like, that's saying something. We'll get to those guys in a second. But Eli's like, yeah, yeah I, I didn't want anything to do with that thing. <laughs> yeah, and what's really impressive is Baggett did it, but, you know, it worked out really well from a few times and not good once. But Hill was not only doing it, but he was doing it so clean that he was almost able to make a block pass on the inside even after landing it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we'll talk more about Hill in a second. But the Nets, I, 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 I didn't think they were even scientifically, physically possible to make them, mm-hmm. which you said they were. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you were a non-believer. You said they would, not, they would fall over. They oh, would, yeah. They wouldn't work. You were a non-believer. Absolute non-believer. But what is awesome now is that you are being recognized – for the safety aspect of this. That's all I ever was that, not at all. That's all I cared about. Goal. That's all that I cared about. That was never the goal. <laughs> <laughs> the goal was never safety, but you'll take it. <laughs> the goal was not safety. But you know what? Sometimes your guardian angels never quite know what, you know how their magic is going to work. You know, sometimes they just never know. That's what I am. I'm the guardian angel of Supercross. 
look, man, your timing could not have been better because more guys are getting hurt every week. Like, literally, we're losing one factory 450 race-winning contender per week now. <laughs> That's the rate we're at. So it ignites this giant conversation of what's wrong. Is it tracks? Is it 450s? Is it this? Is it that? Then it can only point to one thing that anyone can potentially identify as a positive on the safety front. And there it is. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, Forrest Butler, the team owner for Blake Baggett, texted me and said, all I can say is thank you. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's where I'm at, everybody. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can see how the game of telephone works, though, now. Do you know what I mean? Because... Like, I, I'm getting this credit for safety and saving lives, and, and it, it's not really what I wanted. It's not, I never, you know, I, I wanted bowl turns back. That's what I wanted on bowl turns on the outside of the stadium. And they're still not back, by the way, everybody. They're still flat out there, like after the whoops, you know. Um, they're still not, not there, but I don't know. I, the Nets are there, I guess, so yay for me. It, it, it couldn't, I mean, we saw Colt Neck. That was less than graceful. When he got caught in it, <laughs> it actually threw him to the ground a little bit. Um, but b- this one was perfect. Blake, like, hung on uh, and got back right, fell on his bike. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, Still made the main event. Watch that clip. Go ahead. Go ahead, JC. Still made the main event. Yeah. After, after yeah. climbing out of a net and getting back on his bike, still made it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, yeah, it is, you know, yeah, I, I just, it's really neat, the social media of it. Like, people are really hitting me up. Like, you guys should have saw my stuff. It just exploded, right? So, bag, <laughs> you, yeah, you, you owe Mathis your check. You owe his life is yours. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's great. Um, but, I mean, yeah, no, it, it was good. Uh, hey, so talk about that, though, Weech, the, the, the injuries. If you if you get second in the points, whether you're Kenny, Barsha, or Seeley, um, you better watch out. Marv is now second, I believe. So watch out, Marv in Atlanta. It's 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 amazing, and not in a good way that this has been happening. And of course, all over social media is all about you know Cole Seeley is going to be out for a long time now, broken pelvis from what I heard, and, and real bad deal for Cole. I I, I just I, I'm. You know, I, I know I talked about those nets and safety and everything. I, you're not going to do nothing. You're not going to fix this. You're not going to fix this until you tame the bikes down, and no one is going to tame the bikes down. There's nobody who cares about that. Nobody will get on the same page with that. There's nothing you can build on a supercross track outside of two barrels on a flat straightaway that is going to prevent guys from getting hurt. Sometimes we have years where they don't get hurt, and sometimes we have years where they get hurt. I don't care whether you put a triple after the start, a set of whoops, a rhythm, it's all gonna get guys hurt, JT. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. The, the speed and size of these motorcycles is what's doing it, more so than the oh, back in the day. But back in the day, they got hurt too. I just, I can't, yeah. I can't think of anything. I'm just like, yeah, yep, that's supercross. Yeah, I think there are a few things that you can try to avoid. Um, you know, I think putting a triple right out of the first turn. Okay, know, that, sure. That, yeah. You know, but within reason, I agree with you. Um, you're gonna. But they're have not doing that. Something. There. Yeah. No, no, no. I got That's mad after Barsha last week. People were like, "Why would you put a triple right after the start?" And I'm like, "Is that the definition of right after?" I mean, it was. No. It was a third into the lap. It wasn't the first obstacle. No, I agree but with yeah, you. I'm just yeah, saying yeah, there yeah. are a few things that you can avoid, which they are doing. 
Yeah. Uh, right. Having said that, yeah, it's it's anything goes. I mean, there has to be an obstacle on the first straightaway. Like you're, I don't care if it's whoops or rhythm section or whatever it is, people are gonna crash. That's just part of the event. You put, you know, um, twelve uh, twelve out of the top twenty guys are all bunched in there. You know, right at right within close proximity. And it doesn't really matter what the obstacle is, unless it's just a flat straightaway, which nobody wants to see. Uh, there's going to be there's going to be crashes. So, yep. I just, like I said, avoid avoid the known big no nos, and then you know that's yeah. just how it's going to go. Otherwise, yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, people talk about the four strokes, and I and I agree to a certain extent. Except, and like I said, I've told this a few times in 1998. By the by time Vegas came in '98, there was nobody left. There was go look at Vegas, or go look at Coliseum opening round, and go look at Vegas. There was there were OEMs truck not even going to the races that year because they had no fill-ins. So that was two-stroke era. Injuries happen. It's a very dangerous sport. And if you want to if if you want to fix it now, if you want to help it now, tame the bikes down. But that's never going to happen. No one's going to do that. We have an AMA that's I don't know what they do. So. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is a super complex issue, and it's not. As, I, I know that people probably listen to this. JT, you touched it so briefly at the beginning of this, but it just drives people nuts. You're like, well, the way the bikes are, if you make a mistake, you can recover. We don't see mistakes as much. And I know that a small part of our listening audience dies every time they hear that because it immediately brings it back to 450s, four strokes, 450s, four strokes. It would be nice if the way the sport was structured, you could have the stroke of a pen say, we are not going to have 450s anymore. It's just much more complex than that. And it's not just, it's easy to just say it's AMA ineptitude. But remember, compared to any other motorsport, there is no other motorsport that has such a direct tie to a showroom product. It doesn't work. They can change NASCARs every year because nobody buys them. The team's just, as wait, long as you get wait, a those, dozen. T- those aren't Camrys? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. As long as you get the 10 or 12 race teams in a room and they all agree, okay, three years from now we're going to do this, you can make that rule change. But here, you would need to have assembly plants and manufacturing and race teams for one specific series out of many that these dirt bikes race in, all in alignment, yeah. which is yeah. just spectacularly more complex to solve. But if you Here's had what a, I would suggest. If, okay, but, go ahead. No, go ahead. Here's what I would suggest. You're not going to... You're not going to change it. I don't think the manufacturers want to go back to two strokes for a wide variety of reasons, and they're not going to build motorcycles specifically just for one particular racing series. Uh, I do wish we were sophisticated enough to do this. If you're not going to be able to go away from 450s and four strokes, what if we just said there is going to be a restrictor plate? We're going to give each team this thing that you've got to put in your airbox. Unfortunately, we all know how, how good a job would they do. If they made this rule, oh, yeah, how because, well will they execute that? Yeah, terrible. That's that's the part that bothers me. Too. I don't yeah. want to blame the AMA for 450s and not just outlawing them next week. That's just not possible. No, but I say everybody's got to put this rag in the airbox, and you're all going to lose 18 percent of your power. Good luck. Yeah, that'd be that's I would, not I, the best solution, but it's the only one I can come up with. I, I agree. I think they could totally do that, and I think that would prevent some injuries. That would prevent some injuries. But who is going to enforce that? How is that going to happen? There's nothing going on in there. The cheating will abound everywhere and, and yes. whatever. Yeah. So The injuries, you're right. We had just as many injuries often in the two-stroke days. To me, the difference, the only difference is that the injuries are so catastrophic now. Like, if you're Cole Seeley, you would trade a broken navicular or a broken ankle over what you're dealing with now. And Ken Roxon last year, you would trade a broken wrist over 11 surgeries to your arm and wrist. That's yeah. the difference to me. The injuries are maybe not more common, but holy crap, are they bad when it happens. 
Yep. But yeah, I just I don't know. It's yep. Go it's, go ten miles an hour faster. Hit the ground ten miles an hour harder. Super, you're gonna break more than one bone. Supercross is dangerous, kids. That's that's what part of it. Like you know, there's a push to add more supercrosses. Feld wants to, and I'm just like, who's gonna be left? Who's gonna be left by then? You know. Um, I guess if you space them out a little bit, that would help. But geez, like it, it's a dangerous sport, man. And and that's and all those obstacles after the first turn, like they're all dangerous. Yeah, it's. I mean, JT, you raced for a hundred years. It's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's not it's not if it's when in this sport. Unfortunately, you yeah. just hope when it is that your time that it's something minimal and you can get right back out there. So yeah. it's I mean, it's part of it, man. It's gonna. <laughs> it's why people come and watch. You know, it's, yeah. it's one of the spectacles of it is people taking such big risks. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, you want to talk about the Nets more, or you guys want to move on? You <laughs> talk about the Nets. No, no, nobody, nobody does. Okay. Hey, so uh, Tomac won, but it was a little weird win in that he got passed by Marvin and he got passed by Justin Hill, and then he sort of regrouped and found himself. He even told me at the press conference afterwards, he said, yeah, I mean, if I get the whole shot, you know, everybody know I, I, I can usually check out. That's what he kind of said. Like, and I, you know, you can't really argue with him. But uh, JT, so he had, to, he had some adversity. Like, he had to fight through it and find some lines, and maybe he's lucky Hill went down. We'll talk about that too, but... He it was a it was an impressive win for Eli maybe more so than, than the week before in Dallas. Yeah, I thought he rode really well. You know, he's uh, he's once again proven that if he doesn't crash, he wins typically. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I thought he was resilient. You know, he didn't get super rattled when Hill passed him. I'm sure in the moment he was probably a, r- a little rattled because he's like, hey, isn't this a 250 West guy? Right. You know, what's, what's happening here? Uh, but yeah, he put his head down and he stalked those two that were in front of him. And then, uh, you know, Hill made his mistake, which we'll get to. Um, but yeah, I think he's, I think he's comfortable with who he's racing against. You know, his biggest real problem is if he takes himself out of the race, because I really believe that he feels he's the best guy. And I know the points don't reflect that. And I know Jason Anderson would probably have a, a serious argument to make against that. And, you know, Ken Roxon probably would too. We just know how Kenny, you know, his his confidence level. Um, but I, I feel like Eli is like, yeah, if I get to the front, I should be winning these races. And uh, he really can't argue with it because every time he doesn't screw up, he does win. Well, look at his stat line. I wrote about this in my column last week. He's got he's got double the amount of hole shots everybody's got. He's got over a position better average start. He's got double the amount of laps led. He's got four wins. Yep. Like it's it's insane. Like you can't that stat line. You're just like, yeah, there's the best guy. Like if you had every, all the names covered and looked at the yeah, stat and, line. And I think the the big <laughs> factor here, which you know, if more of these guys start to understand this and let it play to their advantage, which I think Ryan Dungey was a master of this, is don't get rattled. The race is so long now, you know, and and it's 21 minutes, and I know that's not a. a crazy new concept or anything but if you look at how many laps these guys are actually having to do you know they're they're into the 20s seemingly every week now in the laps so man this race is really really long and you know i i relearn that every single weekend because i watch the racing and there's these battles going on and i I, I find myself looking up dude that's 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 funny you say that because yeah my mind is ingrained to 20 laps mm -hmm. and i'm the same way i look up and i'm like oh like there's still 12 minutes left or whatever. Yeah, exactly. like, yeah, yeah it's totally. the same for me. Yeah. Yep. So if these guys can really uh, start to take that to heart and and play their cards accordingly, I think there's an advantage there to 
not really getting caught up in all the melee. You know, when Hill goes crazy there at the beginning with with his pace that he had, you know, for to Eli's credit, he just kind of was like, all right, well, you know, let's see how this plays out. This mm-hmm. kid's never raced this long, and you know, Marvin's in front of him, but he's he's not really going anywhere. So I'll I'm going to sit back here and and I'm going to bide my time, and you know, Hill. Hill made a mistake, and Marvin, you know, kind of came back to Eli a little bit. And, yeah, I just think that's that's the way that Eli should be going about it. You know, he hasn't gone about that so many times this year. You know, the, the A1 crash was the, the one that really jumps off the page because that's what started all this, this downward spiral for the first half of the uh, California swing. But, um, man, it's, it's a really, really strong um, – I guess ace up your sleeve if you can master that and and keep your keep your mind calm in those early mm-hmm. laps and everybody's going crazy and know that the last ten minutes of the race it seems like it's it's very um, chill compared to the beginning like once everything calms down in the last ten minutes it's really more about who's better it, you don't have to get into these these uh, kind of pissing contests that these guys are getting into in the early laps because the race is so damn long now um yeah it, it yep. You're uh, you're right. It does seem that way. So how many, Weege, How many of the nine left does he win? I mean, who knows? But like, let's just play this funny game. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go more than half. So yeah, and this is all barring. I mean, we've seen this series, especially this year. I mean, somebody could go down and he could be done in one week. I just have to asterisk everything the way this year is going. But if there's nine to go, I'd say five or six. Yeah. Especially because, I mean, obviously Anderson's one of the contenders. And if anyone's going to use the strategy that JT was just talking about, it's it's Anderson. I mean, you can scratch Anderson from going all out to beat Tomac in a race. He doesn't have to, so that's only going to help Tomac win more. What do you think, JT? Five or six out of nine? Yeah, you've got to think so because I, I I think Marvin will get a couple and then Anderson will get a couple. I really don't see anybody else getting any. I think, you know, maybe Blake sneaks one in there, but uh, he's going to have to have a start like his heat race, and then, you know, he's going to have to get away from the contenders. Um, but you've got to think towards the end of the series, Anderson's going to really back it off. I think if if he can keep this points lead over 30, which I think he will. Yeah, I do. I agree. Yeah. I think the last, like, three weeks, he's going to be like, hey, guys, just just stay away from me, you know? <laughs> right. Um, which is, I, I can't blame him. So you've got to think Eli's probably going to reel some some wins off at the end of the series, especially when you get into those those rounds where he was just unbeatable, like Seattle, Salt Lake, et cetera. Uh, Justin Hill was the story for sure. He said if he, 450 suits him better, and we, you and I would laugh about it because everyone says that. Everyone, all the 250 guys say 450 suits him better. But uh, maybe it really does. He was great. Um, he, he did that jump like we talked about. Uh, Black, who did that? Who quad it? Baggett did. Baggett did it the last lap of the last practice. Yep. Um, did, did, uh, and, and Hill did it. Anyone else do it? And Hill even alluded to in his heat race interview on TV that he didn't do it in practice. He heard that Baggett did it. You know, on that yeah. last lap, yeah, and then figured, okay, it seemed like it was doable, so now I'm going to go for it. Baggett went long on his practice one a little bit, um, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I think two guys did it, and I, I talk about supercars being dangerous, uh, and I agree. But I love that stuff. I love when only a few guys can put the balls on the crossbar and do something like that. That to me is always impressive because these guys are so good. These are world class racers. And when Eli Tomac tells me, "Yeah, man, I, I didn't, I didn't want anything to do with that," I'm just like, "Wow!" You know what I mean? Like that's that's cool that Hill and Baggett did 
want some of that. So, um, anyways, so Hill, I mean, it, 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 you know, a couple of guys I asked to talk to, they're like, yeah, he's got no pressure. Happens, these guys do this all the time. And I'm like, ah, it's a little bit of truth to that when you jump in there. You know, you don't really care. I remember a Chad Reed doing that and Michael Byrne led laps. And uh, uh, remember Dunge got second, right, in Minneapolis when he was a, still a 250 guy? Yep. So there is some of that that where you're just well. The like, ultimate that literally is where we can work with speed. But Dean Wilson came from. He jumped on Chad Reed's bike. Yeah. In that would have been what 2014. Yeah, he was a unicorn. He was a beautiful unicorn out there and running, running free. Right. Yeah, and Justin no one winning. Well, maybe you have. I mean, what's that? Jason? What's that? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut Weege off. I was going to say, did you mention Josh Hill, his brother, winning? Um, I think Hill was 450 by then, though. Yeah, he was, but it was kind yeah. of that same where he was. Most people thought he should still be on a 250-type yeah, deal, but, yeah, yeah. yeah, similar to that, I felt. Um, so there's a little bit of that to me here, a little bit of that, and if, if, if Hill was in this, in this week-to-week grind, you might not see this from him. But on the other hand, full props for how I mean, he passed Marvin in the heat race, won the heat, fast in practice. What do you end up qualifying? Third? Fourth? Uh, fourth, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, and then this. Would he have won it, though? Would he have won it, Weege? Look, it certainly was in play. I mean, he beat Marvin in the heat race. Yeah. And I'm sure when he was behind Marvin in the main, he's like, well, I already beat this guy once. Um, the X factor is going to be Tomac wasn't riding at his best at that point in the race. Tomac was able to get Marvin back. And in a longer race, which Hill has never done before, I, you know, it would be ridiculous to say, oh, he had it. It would be ridiculous to say that. But it absolutely was in play. And I feel like these other great one-off rides or 250 guys moving up, yes, their history is littered with many good ones. And in the case of Wilson, honestly, that's probably about the best he has ever done on a 450, oddly. Uh, But I don't feel like any of them or many of them reached this level. Yeah, Dunge got second that night in, in Minneapolis. But what, 10 minutes into this, it was like Hill legitimately could win this race. He is absolutely in position to <laughs> win this race. He was so good. <laughs> yes. I don't, I don't know if we've been quite at that level before. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, uh, Wyndham and Dowd actually did win races when they were 125 guys, but they were kind of weirdo mud races in Charlotte. You know, I don't want to take anything away from I mean, winning is impressive, but there was no point in that race where Hill just didn't belong. Like he was just running their pace, looking smooth, doing that quad, no problem. Uh, yeah. None of it looked like, well, he's just out of control and he's eventually going to go down. Even the crash was just incidental. It wasn't like he was riding over his head. And, no, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Corey Gibbs, it was unbelievable. It was so what a exci- turnaround. It was so what a turnaround. Ex- it, was, it was so excited. Coy Gibbs was even texting me. <laughs> well, what was he texting you? Uh, he said that uh, he, he was rubbing in the face that I said I, to, I, that I wouldn't have hired Justin. And then he said, I would, he, uh, Coy said that he would never pick me for any team ever. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yes, yeah, he was putting your quotes back in your face about he, Hill not being a good. He was, and, and that's fine, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I knew all along that Hill would be a great 450 guy. That's that was my comeback. So, um, okay. <laughs> but um, no, he, he was great, man. It was uh, what a what a turnaround. We, I mean, JT four weeks ago, we're like, hey, does JTR let him go? <laughs> we, we we honestly asked that question. Yeah, and and I I don't think he would have won the race. Um, I don't, and that's that's not a slight to him. I just think that the length of the race would have caught up to him a little bit, and Eli was kind of building steam, and I don't think that Hill was going to be able to run away. So yeah. um, I think it would have come down to the last you know five eight minutes, and I think Eli would have been still there, and 
whether Justin made a mistake or did something, I, I just don't think the the stuff he was doing, like pulling off that rhythm and just crazy balls through the sand, I don't think he could hold that that wild, violent pace for 21 minutes because he was really pushing the edge. And that's that's awesome to see. Like, I think he was bringing 250 intensity to the 450 class, which is cool. Like, that's really cool to watch. I just don't think it was sustainable for 21 minutes. And I think he would have gotten second or third. I just don't think he would have been able to hold it with that much, you know, uh, that bright of a spotlight on him and having to push that hard to do that pace. I just think he would have maybe fallen off just a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you a little bit, right? It's it's a long, it's a lot, lot longer race, so. Yeah, and it's just it's more bike, and you know the things, the reasons he were he was making time was that big rhythm and a little bit of the sand too, like the exit of the sand. Uh, so may, maybe I would be wrong, and maybe he just like yeah, I had that se- those sections dialed, and I could have done that, no yep. problem. But um, <clears throat> most likely, I think it goes the other way. Uh, Baggett hit his teammate Bloss, and I guess Bloss is okay from just hurt his hand a little bit, so he should be okay. Um, Looked really bad. Yeah, I saw him after the race. Um, I was, I thought for sure when it happened, he broke it. Like when I'm watching him walk off the track, um, I'm yeah. like, yep, that's a broken hand. Uh, but I saw it after the race, talked to him. He's going to be fine. So I think you'll see him in Atlanta with no worries. Uh, Chad Reed, all-time start record. He had to go to the LCQ. Um, he was at the press conference after awards and told me that he was stressing more than he's ever stressed before. Uh, but, of course, he won the LCQ. I mean, just – I don't know. I just figured he would too, right? Both of you guys thought that, I would assume, right? Um, that he's going to win this LCQ. The only way I thought he wouldn't if he completely blew the start. And yeah. I mean blew the start. Right, right. Uh, even if he's six, seven, eight, nine on the start, I think yeah. he's no problem. He's yeah. in because he'll just blow past people in the whoops. But, yeah, he whole shot about like 20 feet. So right. that um, was pretty uneventful after that. And he had a bike problem in the main. So that kind of – I don't know if that puts a dampener on how it – you know, setting the record for all time, but – like, I mean, yeah, you would have liked to have seen Weege. He had his best race of the year, you know, gets inside the top 10 or something. But, oh, well. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, man, it, it's amazing how little things like that can happen. And I guess that's the one, that's the one, with Anderson's situation right now, I, I've gotten some heat from people saying, like, what are you wishing that Anderson has problems? And I'm just saying, no, what I'm saying is because everyone has had some crazy weirdo issue this year. Uh, you have to assume at some point something's going to happen to him. It's just the odds. It's just how massive will it be when it happens? Is it just going to make him finish eighth or whatever? Because every other rider can pretty much point to some crazy thing that's happened to him in a race. And so far, Anderson had one crash in practice in Oakland. But otherwise, he hasn't gotten it. It almost just seems inevitable something's going to happen. And it could just result in finishing fifth. No problem. Yeah, but Anderson's the rest go- of this stuff is crazy. Anderson's going to have people saying, oh, everybody got hurt. But when everybody was there, he was really good. And so... He'd fully, oh, yeah, that Oakland yeah, race, yeah. that sealed it. You can't, after that Oakland race, you can't take anything away from him. I'm just saying when you see, like, yeah. just as an example, Bloss and Baggett down on the first lap in the sand, it's just the crap that he's been able to somehow not have happen to him yet. Yep, no, it's been it's been pretty good. Um, yeah. Malcolm had a really good race. He's finally testing, right, Weege? Finally testing with the team, so things are getting better? Yeah, so it was weird. I went to the track to watch Hill ride last week, and Malcolm was there, and he said, this is my first day testing all year. And I'm like, how is that possible? I mean, he's been riding for them for, what, six races? Um, but it was always week to week. He said one week they called him on Thursday and said, yep, we were going to bring you back. Yeah. Because remember, Bogle was there a little bit, and they were not sure if they were going to keep him. They were trying to find the money. So he had not tested 
uh, at all. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it's going to get a little better here. We still haven't seen, besides, I think, one heat race a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he was pretty good this weekend in, heat, in the heat. He, he, he had a, good, yeah. a couple yeah. moments of glory. Uh, JT, Cooper Webb's getting better. Cooper Webb is getting better. He is getting better. And, uh, you know, I mentioned this a few times, but it, it goes back to um, what I overheard Keith McCarty saying at Glendale. You know, and we're going back a month now uh, where he was telling, I heard him telling people, like, hey, he's he's killing it at the test track. So the riding is coming. It just it hasn't shown up at the races yet, but we see it. You know, we saw it all week this week where he's just on fire comparatively to other guys out there. So that's a positive sign. And, and we're seeing that transfer now. We're seeing the riding at the races show up. You know, he was uh, he's on the top of the board in practice. He's battling for heat race wins. So he's doing all the right things now. You know, in a fourth place in the main event was a testament to that. Uh, yes, the field is getting, you know, uh, unfortunately less and less competitive, but uh, I think the riding either way uh, has improved a lot. So whether or not we have all the guys, if, if Roxon's in there and Seeley's in there and on and on and on, I think Webb would still be in the mix just like he is now. Yeah, we've got factory guy on every team hurt except for KTM. Bogle, yep. Bogle, Grant, Honda, Barsha. All of Honda? Yeah. Um, all of Honda. What does Honda do? I, I just think they put Brayton up there. I don't know what the deal is, but I, I assume that they can say, yeah, we're going to take Brayton, right? Do we know? I mean, what are they going to do? They can't not race, right? I don't know. They used to not race. back. They don't have an outside sponsor, so they could not race, right? They could. Thank God that Daytona Supercross isn't by Honda anymore. Yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that they would move Brayton over, but allow him to run Moto Concepts graphics? So it, that's the only way I think Genova would want to let that happen, right? Like that's his. Yeah, he's got two guys inside the top ten. Like that's a big deal for them. So yeah, but wouldn't you think their deal would say, "Hey, we're going to give you bikes and parts, and we could take your rider"? No, I, maybe, maybe yeah, yeah. I know, but that's a that's a pretty tough blow, man. Like you've got this whole all this momentum going and. Now you're just going to take one of our guys and, you know. Yeah. No, I know. I, and yeah, I'm also not saying too, they like, won't or they can't. Maybe that's written in there, you know, but that's a, that's a bummer. But maybe, Honda needs help, uh, man. They really need help. Maybe they grab Brayton and then Moto Concepts puts LeMay on the bike to have another guy in the main. You know, so they have a two-man yeah. team because do they want to go to races with just Vince? Like, that's tough too, right? I, I don't yeah. know, man. Well, remember, they're cool. supposed to have Weimer. That's what really hurts here. If yeah. they had Weimer healthy and Weimer was doing well, it would probably make the decision a lot easier. But, right, now you've taken a three-rider team down to one. Yep, yep. What about uh, this, this East-West? If you, say Stu, if you say Stu, I'm going to hang up. Oh, wait, you're not. Okay. I already got that text, bro. My buddy. There's my no, buddy, Zach. I, 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 I got it on social media also. I just yep. – yeah, they're going to – yeah, people. Yep. They are going to pluck James Stewart, who has shown zero inclination <laughs> – of coming to the races, never mind riding. <laughs> and I think that's that's and that's what I explained to him is that you know this this James thing. You can't just hey man, you want to come come out this weekend? Like the race is in Atlanta. Like let us know. We'll be we'll be there. We'll uh, I, I'm sure we can get some stuff printed up for I, you. I, you wasted your time explaining anything to somebody. You, well, you need to do because I, I, I think there are more people than we we think that are like here's his shot. This is his chance. And it's not that they're wrong. It's just that it, it needs to be if – if this is going to be his chance, his chance would be at, like, uh, it, Seattle. It, you if, know, if, anybody, if anybody in my contacts texts me about Stu, I'm, I'm deleting you from my contacts. Like, I won't even explain anything. <laughs> I, think, I just think people underestimate how much work it takes to come out and be relevant, you know, because I don't think Stu's anywhere even in the, in the 
right. you know, stratosphere. Okay, so what do they do? Being ready. What do they do? Well, the other thing you have to look at, of course, is to take a Geico rider and move them up. And this is where this random stick in the east-west race in Indianapolis really jacks that up. Because none of the teams, even in Hill situation, as badly as you want to ride a 450, they don't want guys shuttling back and forth week in and week out from one class to the other. So obviously a guy like Craig would be a prime candidate, but he's only, what, three weeks away or two weeks away at this point from having to race a 250 again. Then they're back off for a few weeks. So I think that one race, and Craig's not far enough back in points where you're going to write off his season on a 250 and just move him up permanently. So that's a real wrench. Weimer being gone for Moto Concepts and having one West race that Craig's going to have to do in Indy. It's tough. I'm going to say it. Like, J-Mart's thing is over. J-Mart's title run is over after two races. Put him up there. Just do it again. I don't know, man. But, all right, anything else? Uh, 450-wise, we've got to move this thing along. Uh, good job for Cole Martinez. I wanted to mention that two weeks in a row um, as a privateer in, in the main event. So, nice job for Cole Martinez. Vince Freeze got an opening ceremonies. That's nice to see, speaking of the, the Moto Concepts guys. Weege uh, and I had lunch with Tony Alessi, JT. We had some Cadoba at Honda with Tony. Yeah, Tony's cool. Great. Tony's uh, great talk. Tony's a totally different guy now that Mike's not racing out there. He says he's fifty percent less crazy. He said that on the. Yeah, post I, I would say more. I would say more. Um, and Mike was there too. Mike was around. Mike was helping with the live announcing crew. Yeah. Actually, he was helping on, on Supercross Live. Blair. He was on live. Yeah, he seemed like Mike was the media darling this weekend. He was everywhere. Yeah, he was. Yeah. What well, if Tony just joke, lost I, his mind? What if he lost his mind on Daniel Blair? Because like now Mike would be competing again. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> it goes <right>. nuts. <laughs> Kicking him as he goes by. <laughs> uh, I was ha- yeah, we were hanging out with Tony, and then there's this guy that's been involved with the Alessis since the mini bike days, and he's just known as the Cooler. And I finally, I mean, so I've known this guy for geez, 13, 14 years. So I finally say, like, how did you start over here? Like, what is your deal? Like now he's with Moto Concepts. Just wherever the Alessis goes, he goes. And he explained to me his nickname is the Cooler because his job is always. When the drama gets too thick and somebody wants to fight one of the Alessis, his job is to cool, it, cool the situation down. Huh. That's his job. That's why he is the cooler. The cooler. That's his name. Oh, yeah. right. um, <clears throat> hey, Chiz has been riding well, too, in 450 class. Chiz got 13. He really has. Yeah. Yep. 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 You never notice him. Yeah. You never notice him. And then you look and you're like, oh, look, Chiz got 13th. Um, he's like JT. Chiz is JT right now. JT is well, I said that in the main. Somebody was trying to catch him, and I'm like, hey, we are 15 minutes in the main event. It is the first time I saw Chiz tonight. Practice, heats. I don't even know how he made it to the main. But here he is, <laughs> yeah. running well. Right. Solid. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, anything else on 450, boys? Anything else? All right, listen to this commercial from uh, Racetech. Use the code PulpMX18 to save uh, at Racetech. Listen to this commercial from those guys. Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Stars and Maxis. We'll be right back after this to talk some 250s. Race Tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpamex 18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race Tech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race Tech. Guys like the Hep Suzuki team and many more in the pits use Race Tech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. 
Axis tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back. Fly Racing, Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Stars and Maxxis Tires. Thanks to Maxxis, Maxxis.com. Thanks to Alpine Stars. Alpine Star protects. Uh, and thanks to uh, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Uh, please check them out for more info. Whatever you need for, for, from, for motorsports, Fly Racing has you covered. If you need hard parts, JT, Fly Racing has you covered. If you need levers, bars, anything. Are you telling me this? I, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in on it. Anything. I think fantastic. Is there anything? That, 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 I mean, UTV stuff? Street um, bike? I mean, not really. Not hard parts or anything. That's honestly the toughest question I get asked is, how can you guys make, can you guys make stuff for UTVs? Because that, that segment's exploding. We're, we're trying. Trust me. We're sitting around trying to think of ways to make products for that. If I need a battery, I can get it from Fly Racing WTS. I just got one. I just got a battery from JT last week. <laughs> Hooked him up. Wow. That was yeah. really random. Yeah. Yeah, and I was not aware when they say these, you know, these lightweight lithium-ion batteries. I hadn't had to change one out yet. Uh-huh. They're not kidding. I was like, they sent me, I get the box, and I'm like, they sent me the wrong thing. This must be a T-shirt. This cannot possibly be a battery in here. This package weighs less than one pound. Mm-hmm. But it was a battery. I mean, these batteries are like a baseball now. Why'd your battery go bad? Your bike, you never ride your bike. Maybe that's why it went bad. <laughs> I, think, yep, I think you just answered the question. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> um, all right, 250s. Ferrandis, Forkner, very good all day long. All day long, they were good um, right from the start. Of course, we saw last week Ferrandis taken down on the first turn. Forkner taken down by Osborne on the first lap. Uh, they both got their revenge on Osborne because they passed him. And they kind of dropped him a little bit, JT. I was talking to Osborne in the press conference. I was shaking my head at him. And he was like, what? And I'm like, I'm just disappointed in our ride tonight. Um and he wasn't he wasn't happy with that, but but for reals they they left him, they caught him and they passed him and they they they, they didn't drop him. Maybe that's a bit harsh, but they were clearly better than Zach those two, and good job for them. Yeah, I was talking to uh, some people after the race, and they're like, hey, you know, what do you think about Osborne's deal? Like, what was going on there? And you know, to me, it was just one of those deals where he wasn't feeling it, you know, quote unquote feeling it, and that's kind of the ride you have to put in when you're not on 100% on top of your game. So for him, you know, he's won this title before. He knows that you you don't have to win every single race, especially in the 250 class. Man, these guys are all over the place. So if you're having a night where it's just not clicking, don't force it. Don't do anything stupid. You know, take your third place and, you know, really solid points and let's keep it moving. So for me, I kind of thought that's what he did. You know, he didn't he didn't really have the – the pace to win it, and I think if he tried to force the pace, he may have may have had a big mistake and crashed. And and you know he, he just too smart at this point to do something silly like that. And yeah, he was he did the veteran move, you know that Dungey did for years. It's just like yeah, but I don't have it quite that elite level tonight, so I'm just going to take a third and and mm-hmm. we'll, we're on to Atlanta. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought there was a chance for Andes bold Forkner over. Because um, he caught I him near Brandon the end. I thought was going to take Zacco out. I really thought he was going to take Zacco out. Really? Yeah. When he was behind him there, he took a couple shots at him. Yeah. And for Ferrandis, 
I just pictured him being like, okay, you know, I got an 18th at the first round. If I can knock Zach down here, I can be back into this title going into Atlanta. Uh-huh. And uh, he took a couple swings at him, but, you know, Zach was able to, to get out of the way. Well, um, I thought Forkner was going to – he did – Forkner wrote it in pretty good on Osborne. But he get, oh, yeah. he didn't take him out. But I, I was like, oh, boy, because Forkner was not happy. So, um yeah, it uh, it was interesting, uh, but I thought Ferrandez with his history, maybe maybe Dylan's trying to back it down a bit, JT, and and you know not make so many enemies because uh, last year we saw him, especially early in the season, he blew dudes off the track, left and right. He kind of calmed down near the end and got better, got to, got a podium or two, um, but. Well, I mean, he took he passed two guys in the main event and he took shots at both of them, so <laughs> I don't know yet. Okay. I, I think the jury's still out. Um, I mean, he definitely went for the kill on Zach a couple times before the sand. And then, you know, he, he made hard contact with Forkner before the uh, – or just past the mechanics there. So, we'll see. I don't know if it was just where he just didn't get the angle he wanted or maybe it was a, a conscious effort to back it down 1% and, you know, maybe not take himself down in the process. So, we'll yeah. see. I think I, I still haven't seen enough to know quite yet. But Forkner, uh, Weege was good. Um he, like I said last week, Mitch kind of undersold him a little bit to me about, you know, but he didn't have much time on the bike, as he explained in the press conference. So, Forkner was really good. First career win for Forkner. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess so. You know, like last year was his rookie year and it didn't quite work out. Yeah, I felt the exact same way. They had been so good in practice and, you know, they showed some signs last year that late in the race when I realized, wait, neither of these guys have ever won one of these. It's going to be all out. It almost seemed a little surprising to think that neither had won a race up until this point. I mean, Fortner had so much hype coming in last year. He hadn't even raced Supercross, and he was already considered a title contender. So it yeah. just seems weird that he hadn't won a race yet. Um, and then last week was kind of messed up, so he wasn't a factor for the race win. So that just kind of scrambled the message. But that was awesome, and it's weird. Yeah, like Osborne's season is like a flip. Last year it was like he's clearly the fastest guy always, Yeah. but something is always getting messed up generally at the start and that's how they're able to get him. This year, he's been the one with the racecraft, just as far as they've made the mistakes and had the bad starts. It's only two races, small sample size. Yeah. But he's been the consistent guy. I don't. We debated last week if he was the fastest guy. He definitely was not the fastest guy this week. But it doesn't matter, points-wise, except Fortner is only five back. He's right there. Oh, I know. Yeah. No, yeah. I, you know, Osborne can't exactly just be like, yeah, yeah, it can't be like Anderson here, you know? Um, no. No, Ferrandis is way back, though. Yep. Yes. Marty is uh, hurt. You know, he's got a bit of a neck problem and, and off of that crash and still wins the heat, though. Marty can still put it together for the heat. <laughs> you know what I thought for Marty? You know, he came out guns blazing in the first practice. And uh, one of my VIPs this weekend is, is good friends with Marty, plays a lot of golf with Marty. And he was like, man, I don't, I don't know how this is going to go. He's He's pretty beat up. Uh, but he came out swinging in practice. I'm like, oh, well, you know, looking pretty solid. Yeah. And then he has that big get off and the whoops. And I think that really detuned him because he did, he still did ride well, but I didn't see the same intensity uh, from him the rest of the night that I saw in that, in those yeah. early laps before he crashed. So that, that was just my observation is that like, he was pretty beat up. He has another big crash and he's like, man, I'm, just going to try to get through this thing. And, and that was kind of what his main event ride was. It wasn't anything spectacular. He just looked like he was trying to get through the main event and get some points. Hampshire got the whole shot again. Again. Uh, got fourth again. So he's third in the points. four hole shots for him? Huh? Is that four hole shots for him? Oh, with the heat, you mean? With the heat? Yeah, I uh, think he's hole shot every time. Yeah. Nice shot for RJ. 
Uh, although, I'm, I'm, again, he's probably not stoked at doing that and ending up off the box. Uh, Jordan Smith, we're still kind of all waiting for Jordan a little bit. Um, right, JT? Like, just he's been good, but. Yeah, starts are killing him. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, really killing him at, at uh, <laughs> Dallas, um, kind of. Um, but, yeah, if you don't yeah. get to the front with these guys, you know, it's not like he's a ton better than them. He's certainly good enough to beat them or be in the mix with them. But I don't think he's good enough to come from five or ten seconds back. So uh, whatever's going on with him on the first lap, whether it's the start or the first lap entirely, he's got he's to sort that out and be in the mix of those guys You know, at, at the end of lap one. He's got to at least be able to see him anyway. Yeah. I heard Osby wasn't too happy with us and our hot takes on his causing the first turn crash last week. But That's okay. I stand by that. So, uh, but good job for Osby. He made the main again. Um, yeah, he's making it. He yeah. starts are awesome. That yeah. was what got him in trouble yeah. at, at Arlington. Is his start was really good and yep. he couldn't stop. But his start was great again. I mean, he was I think first coming around the first turn at uh, yeah. at Tampa in this heat race. So I mean, he he went way back to seventh and had some really sketchy moments in the sand. But getting in the main event, you know, for for him is I think step number one. Jordan uh, Jordan. Uh, Luke Resland, uh, Al Dozer, rode well. Good job for Luke, seventh place. So he rode really well. Um, that is good. Good, 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 good ride. Yeah, he got started and kind of stayed out of trouble, and he was fifth for a long time. Uh, McAdoo, what about the Geico PR for McAdoo? What does the Geico PR say about McAdoo? McAdoon't. McAdoon't. <laughs> uh, it's actually pretty good because he has a broken hand, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely the trend in the series right now. Uh, I can't believe Bloss was able to avoid that. Um so he was going to try it, and he ended up getting eighth, and he rode, you know, if you watch him ride, he rode fairly normal. It didn't look like a huge struggle. So I think he'll take that. Um, at least he knows he's not already done for Supercross or anything like that. So that was okay. Um, I don't think the, the, the quotes that the Geico PR guy got from J-Mart, I don't think J-Mart's pumped about the way it's uh, No, J-Mart, J-Mart looked frisky. I don't care what you say, JT. You were mocking me. He was top three in times almost every time he was out. He was good. J Mart was frisky. He was he was after it. And in the sand I just section, disagree, man. In the like, sand section, he was good. Like Millville, <sighs> Whoop Monster was there. I think I saw, and he was pinning it. I disagree because I don't think J Mart has a problem with going fast. I don't. That's why uh, our friend Paul Parabinos was so big on him coming into the 2017 season, was because he was going so damn fast to the practice track. So for him to come out and go fast in the in time qualifying, that that just it isn't enough for me to to change what I've seen from J Mart and I like I like J Mart. He's cool, really nice, always down to earth. But when it comes time to go racing in the, in the 250 class and Supercross, it just it doesn't seem to work. You know, he jumped off the track, then crashed on the concrete, and yeah. it doesn't seem like it's always the same scenario. Like he has this big weakness. It just seems like it's. It's something happens to him every single time out there that's ruining his results, whether yeah. it's a crash or a bad start or something. So yeah, no, it's I'm not. I'm just not, not ready good. to sign off on him being well, ready to win or be on the podium yet. Well, like we said, we're a small sample size. Like we, you said this too, but um, before in the past he would be podium, 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 and then a disaster. And so far, we've just seen two disasters. Not disaster. Disaster is a, str- a strong word, I guess, but two. Races in the first two that to you know to not help them. Well, yeah, I guess what I meant by that exactly was uh, two years or, or it would have been three seasons ago now when Mookie won the title. He won a couple races. He was in the hunt. Everybody had a bad race or two. Mookie had the least bad race. Mookie won the title, but he was absolutely in it. 
Last year in the West, he was never in it. Like, there wasn't a single good race at all. Yeah. And that's not quite as bad this year. And it is a small sample size, but it's trending in that direction again. You know, it's one thing if you get third, fourth, first, and then two twelfths, and then the other races are good. But we just haven't seen a good – we haven't had a podium. And going back to, that would be 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's He hasn't said anything, but – he and For- uh, Fortner, he and Jordan Smith came close over the triple, and that's where Jamar went off the track. Considering the way Jordan passed him last week, Jamar's probably, I would think, going to put that one on Smith, not himself. Right. But that's um, classic racing incident. You Jimmy- know, one guy's going to see it different than the other. Yeah. Jimmy D went down on the first lap, worked his way up to tenth. Um. Kyle Peters went down early. But the JGR guys don't even care. They probably didn't even notice. We're talking about Hill. They just all they all they could think of was Hill. They probably didn't even notice. Um, Chris Blow showed up, sixteenth. We had Heath Harrison there too, right? JT, how'd, how'd that go? Uh, not great. I would say not great uh, to say the least. Uh, he he missed it by one in his heat race. He wasn't that close. I'll give you that. He was pretty far back. Uh, but the LCQ was just atrocious. I mean, just absolutely horrific. Somebody had him Fair. on his fantasy team, I think, Weege. That was me. Yeah, yep. yeah. That was me. Yeah. Um, who'd you it's have? awesome seeing you guys melt down. Oh, super awesome. Steve, Steve's way worse than me because I'm used to it. I just suck, and I, I just accept it. Soobs was soobs, soobs. Ah, oh, super awesome. You that? were more into Subaross and his progress than any other race I think that went on all night. Not Reed making the main, not Hill trying to win it. Yeah, nothing. no, I needed. I really needed Soups to come through. Uh, I've I've been a fan of Soups forever. Saw him overseas so many times. He's doing the first or the next five, I guess, or something. With Villeman's dad is here working with him. Very random. Didier. Wow. Didier is back in America. Yes. Wow, Didier is hardcore, man. Yes, Didier is hardcore. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else? What else? Is that it? Is that all we got? Nichols. Can we get a, uh, we get a Subes update if he was tired? Because oh, Didier is not going to let that. That's not, not going to slide with Didier's program. He 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 will be running home from the practice track this week. <laughs> uh, what else? Anything Mathis, else? You suggested he was tired of the heat race. He was. I, he was. He did. He did look tired because um, he had it. He had it. And then mm-hmm. Martinez blocked him a little bit, and yeah, it was just. It was, mm-hmm. it was painful for me too, just not as painful as Mathis. Mathis was really suffering. Weege, what is up with your guy Braden? Where's this flash gone? Yeah, I don't know, and I've I've thrown that out there to a few people, and no one is disagreeing. No one has said no. He's been no, fine. Just where's the? Fl- you need to pull him aside. Well, uh, I'm trying to get in on this um, super VIP mountain bike group here in town uh, on Wednesday, so I'm trying to get in on that. And I can get all the scoops. Uh, superstars from uh, the world of both Supercross and NASCAR. It'd be a really good group to be in. Then I've really got to get in shape because you're not going to get any scoops if you're well, you dude, know, two I, miles behind them. Yeah, That's I mean, the real problem. Look, you're not. You're you're, you're in good shape, like you know. F- but I would guess that not those professional, guys professional no. athlete training seven days a week. No, level. I guess those guys are going to really handle you. I would guess. Like their job is literally to be in shape. Right. Kyle. Right. Yeah. And, so there is no better. And I think about this. There is no better motivation. I've got to go fast to get scoops. Right, right. So, I mean, that's like a dangling carrot if there ever was one. Uh, so maybe I'll get more insight on that. But one thing I'm wondering here, 
Remember, Brayton came in so ready, so ready. The whole program was based around being ready for the opener where everybody else is sorting things out. Now, he said it's not going to be a problem to maintain that. You know, it's, it's still going to be a shorter season for him than racing all of Supercross and all of outdoors. But I'm wondering if he did have a little head start like he planned on, and now we're, you know, eight races in, and he doesn't quite have that edge that he did on everyone well, else. He said that, know. you know, he said racing overseas isn't going to make him tired or anything because he had the summer off. I don't know, but I wouldn't think it would be catching up to him only. If it's catching up to him eight rounds in, I can imagine what he's going to look like by Vegas would be the walking dead. You know? No, no, I don't think it's catching up to him. I just think that he had everything sorted early while everyone else didn't, and now everybody else has got their stuff sorted also. So it's just changed yeah. the pecking order a little bit. Maybe starts too, huh, JT? Like, when's the last time you saw Brayton up front on the start? Yeah, I think that starts, but I think we just onto something because I, I noticed the same thing. Um, when everybody else is trying to get their race legs underneath them, it, you're just ahead of the game, and then – uh, people start to sort things out, and, and not that Brayton's doing badly. I just think it it comes back to the middle a little bit, uh, and it's no different for outdoors. You know these these kids, the amateurs that come in and the, all they race is outdoors. They always seem like they crush it at Hangtown, you know. And then yeah. the the Supercross guys get their get their outdoor settings and get their speed up, and then it seems like it it shifts a little bit, and those guys find their rhythm yeah. again. So I think that same same concept's happening for Brayton, where he's still doing well. It's just not, he's not bouncing off the podium like he was early when everybody's still trying to sort it out a bit. Yeah, um, Pike told me after the race about the level raising every week. You know, I don't yep. know if it's cliche or whatever, but that's what he mentioned. So, and he went yeah, down. I just think yeah. there's a rhythm to it. Guys get more and more comfortable, and and uh, and he yeah. was uh, he was fifth, I think Pike was before he went down the sand. I think he was fifth. So he went down to the end of the sand. Can you imagine how mad he yep. was? <laughs> uh, pretty angry, but I would assume he's usually always pretty angry. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Anything else? Atlanta this weekend. Triple Crown. Triple Crown makes its return. Yeah. Not for you. Well, yeah, they're still going to have it. I'm, I'm going to watch it on TV. I'm not going. You're going to have to deal with all those commercials. Yeah, well, you guys will be Facebook living. Check that out. We just got a new thing he wants to do, everybody, on Racer X Facebook Live with JT. They, they, yeah, they, just so dumb. It's they, just an unbelievably they, they, dumb idea. They love it. Both of them are in heaven. Awesome. They're, they're live in the press box talking about the race. It's great. I, I, I don't – I mean, it, I'm not getting anything out of it. I just think it's cool. I think it's a cool aspect in the middle of the race when nothing's going on or, you know, the, the downtime. Uh, why not? Yeah. Why no, not add, yeah. add something to it? Great. Yep. So everyone check it out. They'll be. You they'll, seem super excited. They'll they'll have more. They'll have more time this weekend to talk about it. Oh, by the way, Starling made the main on a two fifty F. Justin Starling. Good job. Subs couldn't beat him. Subs couldn't beat him. That was one guy that Subs had nothing for. Well, that's not technically true. What do you mean? They weren't race. They weren't racing against each other. Starling passed him in the heat. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. When when Subs was in seventh, looking good. Starling's one of the guys that got him. No, that's not true. That, hold on. Are you sure? I don't think so. I don't think that's I'm, true. I'm, I'm looking right now. Martinez this got him. Is... Go ahead, JD. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think that's. I don't think that's accurate. Hold on. Okay. Hold please. Uh yeah. Starling got eighth. Subs got tenth in the heat. And I will go to the lap chart here. Yeah, please four. go to the lap chart. Okay. What number was Subs? Two hundred one. Two hundred one. Yes. This is always the upside of fantasy. There's oh, yeah. no way oh, yeah. that Just, this sort of oh, yeah. Starling analysis. Justin Starling, uh, right behind Subes on laps three, on laps four, on laps five, on lap six, and then lap seven. 
68 goes zooming by 201. Huh, yeah. Okay, I thought that was Martinez for some reason. No, yes, it was Ghana. My, my apologies. It was Ghana 250F. It was Ghana 250F that, that, that okay. beat Soups. So. I take it back. Okay. Um, but good job for Starling. That's good. Have we seen a guy make a 450 man on a 250F? Has that ever happened? I mean, uh, it, yes, it has. It has? Who? Yeah, Daniel Blair did it. Oh, okay. Not aware of him. I'm not familiar with him at all. He did 2012. I do not know that name. That name is strange to me. It is bizarre. <laughs> he uh, he didn't like when I said in the press conference that I was from Main Event Moto. He, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> Why do they they keep saying like and, and tell us where you're from? Like what what what, what is this the the, the uh, Washington Post here where this is a, a presidential press conference? I think it was aimed at me. Like I don't usually bother saying that. No, I know. Like, I know. I'm like yeah. everybody knows. Like what? I, I don't need to tell Osborne who I am and who I work for. He knows. Right. Uh, but I forget, again, the press conference is not actually for the press. It is a live, well, not live, but it is a YouTube show as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somebody probably I, I watches definitely that. Think you got, yeah. I definitely think you guys should say which, which publication you're from. Absolutely. Yeah, I probably should. So he said, he reminded everyone to do that. And then he looked at me. And I'm looked, like, yeah, looked, I think that's for me. Yeah, he looked right at Wygant. Yeah, it was very yeah. great. Yeah, I had been violating that. I had not been <laughs> consistently stating my affiliation. Can I tell you how hard it is to not clap in there? Like, damn, it's hard not to clap. It's geared around clapping. Don't get me started. It's all built around clapping, and I'm trying hard not to clap. I've been caught. I swear that I wasn't clapping, and then people have said, I saw you clap. It just happens. It'd be it, difficult it, it, to not clap when everyone around you is clapping, and there's silence besides clapping. Because, because they, there's a pause, and if they didn't want clapping, if they didn't want it, they'd be like, here, they just name all the three podium guys real quick. There's a pause after Daniel talk, talks to each guy, yes. and the, the it's implied that there should be a clapping. Yeah, it's implied, and then everyone claps. Yes. So I have to I have to bury myself in my computer and make it look like oh I'm just too busy. I'm just just no. typing here and I'm just too focused. I don't care. How, I'm not clapping. I don't care how these guys do. Right on. I'm here to cover the sport. I don't, you know, that's it. So some random is going to be in that room. And is going to say, what's up with that, man? Fill in the blank. Ryder came up there, and I noticed everyone claps for him at Weech. He must hate him. Yeah, he well, no, no, that'll be the dad. That'll be a parent. That'll, that'll, yes, that'll be, it will. Well, it'll yes. be a parent who says yep. that. So. I noticed he didn't clap for my son, and even though I will consistently not clap for any of them. Yep. So that's the problem, man. I'm really, it's really a pickle, this press conference. No, it's not. <laughs> Stay strong. We, JT knows my stubbornness. Oh, J- JT, is there, any chance that I, is there any chance I ever clap, JT? I mean, you would have to pretty much – it'd be like North Korea. I, I've learned a few hard lessons in this life. One of them is Steve will never do anything that he doesn't want to do, anything that he does not want to do. Yep. Um, oh, nice job Facebook for – Facebook Live. Facebook Live. Not happening. I just – when, when, is, when is it too much is my thing with Facebook Live. It's, when is, it's too much, you know? People don't need it like ah everywhere. Like just they don't need that everywhere. They they how much audio do I put out every 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 week and how much do I tweet at the races and you know it, let's just put a limit on it a little bit. Okay. When your boss asks you to do something, oh here we you go. Do it. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm trying to save this company money. I'm not even staying in hotels. <laughs> oh, I, right. I expect that kind of respect and determination from my my troops. Um, congrats. You are spending money at IHOP though. Yeah, how do you? I weighed you, that out. I weighed that out. I mean, that's costing me like nine dollars. I mean, that's way less than a hotel. Uh, Brandon Shear, I think that's his first ever 450 Supercross main event. Yes, I believe so. Yep. Good. Congrats to Brandon Shear. Subes had nothing for him in the LCQ. Nothing. Nope. Nope. Subes has raced. 
and beaten some of the best Americans overseas over the years. But Brandon Shear, nothing. Nope. DDA must have been. He actually did pass him, but then was passed back. Uh, uh, Bowers, uh, Tyler Bowers got the fill-in ride, of course, for Calgary for the next little while. Um, I talked to those guys, and it was kind of an easy transition, they said, for a bike. So he already had some stuff going on in his motor. He's got a little different tranny now and the same suspension. So he will be the 69 is under running under the monster couch. When you, when you say number 69 has a different tranny going, tranny now, uh, that that throws me for a real loop. It should. It should. Uh, all right. Anything else, boys? That's it. We're on to Atlanta. Some of us. Hopefully Cole Seeley will do, uh, be well in his recovery. Good dude. Um, you know, hopefully he gets well soon. Uh, I like Cole. I think everybody on this phone line does, and it sucks to see him hurt. And, uh, yeah, so. All right. Yeah, I hope nobody caught me not clapping for him in a press conference earlier in the year and doesn't think that I got beef with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have no beef. Uh, want, want everyone to be healthy. I have not watched the TV show yet. Uh, I meant to yesterday, but my, my DVR didn't record it, but I got it now on there. And I guess Roxon killed it in the booth. Did he, either one of you watch it yet? I did, yeah. Uh, the heat race, he was in there for the heat, yeah. and um, he had like three points that he made that were just I'm, – um, he did a great job, <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> that's, that's all we need, Weege. I don't want to – he, he did an excellent job. He pointed out how you know, Marvin struggled in the whoops. He seemed to grasp better than some others that that has been <laughs> consistent throughout the years. Uh-huh. Um, not just just in general, it's sharp observation on his part. Maybe he was the first to ever notice that. Maybe, maybe Kenny's the first. I'm not sure. And then he said part of the reason could be the suspension setup. They, I think KTM has always gone back and forth on a very dead. What they had the when they had the linkless rear suspension. We know this. The bikes had a dead feeling. It was terrible in the whoops. Mathis, you know this firsthand. You work for the team. Then I think they were almost accused of going too far the other direction uh, for a while trying to fix that when they got a linkage back. And so he was basically commenting on that, the dead feeling in the rear end, how it helps in some sections, how it's bad in the whoops, or it could be good in the whoops, and how that affects Marvin. And it was stuff that had never been uttered ever before. <laughs> All right. So you did a good job. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. Thanks to Fly Racing. And thanks to Max's Tires and Alpine Star Protects as well. Subscribe to Racer X Magazine. Maybe if the numbers get up, we each can get hotel rooms. And nope. nope. It won't matter. Nope. All right. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, see everybody next week. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil cylinders as a 
factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know. And I know from personal experience, didn't anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.